Before we crack on with the show, I just want to tell you about a new product from manscaped.com. If below the waist grooming is not for you and it's not for everyone, then let me see if this might interest you. It's called the Weed Whacker and it sorts out those unwanted long nose hairs and ear hairs. Now, if you get to a stage in life like me, someone who is rapidly approaching their 40s, then this is an issue that you have to deal with. And uh, according to the survey from manscaped.com, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So if you've let that get out of control, then the weed whacker might be for you. Just a reminder that if you head to the checkout at manscaped.com, you can enter the code KOA to get 20% off and free shipping. So that's KOA to get 20% off and free shipping. You'd be helping the show. You'd be helping our sponsored Manscaped. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, with that, on with the show. Hello friends and welcome to Monday's Kings of Anglia podcast. It's been a a while since we've been able to sit down and talk about Ipswich Town. There's so much to talk about. I'm very excited for this one. I'm your host Mark Heath as ever and I'm very pleased to say that the boys are back after a well-earned half-term break in the sun. Andy Hutch Hogan Warren and the Dr Stuart Watson are with me. Roscoe is taking a well-earned week off this week so he's not around but boys it is tremendous to see you. First of all Andy Warren how are you? How was your week off? Did you enjoy the sun? Uh yeah. Yeah, very nice. Um not hugely keen on the sun, uh, but I got I got by. Where were you in Wales, weren't you? Southwest slash Wales, yeah. Bit, Lovely. Travelling around, saw some family. Yeah, very nice. Superb. Excellent to have you back. And obviously there is a lot to talk about. Um your partner in crime was also off last week for half term. You were in Cornwall in your your seventeen uh, bedroom country home down there stewie how, how was it uh it certainly isn't that no um marcus evans has got something like that down in down in cornwall but i haven't unfortunately but it was that was nice yeah you can probably those watching on video can probably see my my little bald bonce has caught the sun a little bit my um my inbuilt solar panel bring <laughs> in the uh cornish sunshine but um very nice thank you do you have to do you have to slather your head in in like factor 70 or whatever it is I should do, but quite often forget. Don't so bother. Then the after sun comes out. Superb. Boys, you missed, as I'm sure you know, you missed an incredibly busy week. And I'm very excited to be able to talk to you about it now because um we haven't we haven't talked about it. You don't re- you don't return my messages when you're in holiday, um, so which is fair enough. Um so there's so much to talk about, boys. Uh I want to start <laughs> let's start first of all, of course, with the sexy stuff. Town have made signings already, which again just feels weird anyway for town to have new faces through the door already. On Thursday, they signed Wes Burns from Fleetwood. And then on Friday, Stu broke your holiday little exile to, to file something first thing in the morning to say that town were about to sign Lee Evans. Uh, and they duly did on Friday night, which is tremendous. So um, let's start talking about that, shall we, boys? Stewie, I'll start with you. Wes Burns and Lee Evans. What do we make of these? Good signings? Yeah, I think so. Two good signings, certainly for, for League One level. Um Wes Burns is certainly a player that caught our eye in both the games against Fleetwood in the, the back end of last season. Both those games against Fleetwood came under Paul Cook's management. So he caught the eye in front of Paul Cook twice. Obviously scored on the last game of the season with a, uh, a lung-busting run up the right-hand side. The two games we saw him in, he played uh, sort of right wing-back up at Fleetwood um, when they won 2-0. And he played more of a traditional right back at Portman Road on, on the last game of the season. But throughout his career, he has played further forward than that. Um, my gut feeling is he's probably been signed and earmarked as that sort of right winger role in a 4-2-3-1 to play a bit more advanced. He's uh, he's direct. He, he likes to carry the ball um, and is hopefully one that w- will excite people. So he's a good signing. He's played a lot of League One football. Uh, more so for me is the Lee Evans signing. He's a player that's played more championship football than he has League One. He's got, I think, four caps for Wales under his belt. Um, someone that Paul Cook has worked with and knows and, and trusts before. He, he will be a nailed-on starter in one of those two deeper-lying midfield roles. Someone that can um, 
can uh, sort of uh, deep lying playmaker role really. So um, two good ones in early before the window is even officially open. That happens on Wednesday, and hopefully it sets the tone for the window ahead because there is still a lot of work to be done um, before the season comes around. Yeah, it's going to be like this all summer, though, isn't it, Hutchie? It's going to be a summer like no other. How are you feeling about these signings? Roscoe, we had a chat last week, told me that Wes Burns is very, very pacey. Fair? Yeah, he's quick, um, but he knows how to use it as well. It's it's not just kind of raw speed. Um, I think after the the Fleetwood, the goal he scored for Fleetwood at Portman Road, people were talking about sign, sign him up, go get him. And they ultimately have, but it, it was the game at Fleetwood where he actually impressed me more. He gave Miles Kenlock a really, really tough hour during that, during that game. Um, before Kenlock came off, Stephen Ward came on and he proceeded to give Stephen Ward a tough half an hour after that. So that, that game, he was, he was even better in that one. He, he can get in behind, he can pick the ball up deep and run with it. Um, and that's something Ipswich have really lacked in the team, people who can carry carry the ball at, at their feet, particularly under Paul Lambert. It was quite slow and and the, the build-up um, was slow, ponderous, not breaking the lines. Wes Burns can break the lines either with the ball at his feet or or by running with it. Um, but same same as Stu, really, the, the one that interests me more is Evans because that those two sitting central midfielders are so important to what Paul Cook wants to do. They kind of set the tone for the team. They allow people like Burns the freedom to to work on the flank and, and Evans has been there and done it for for Cook. He he was the one that I think we've spoken about him a few times on here that he, he's the one that I'm not surprised in the slightest that they've gone and gone and got him on a, mm. on a free transfer. I'm sure he's going to end up wearing Cole Scuse's old number eight shirt as well. And um, he's going to do a little bit of everything in those two, um, in those two deeper midfield roles. And if they can get that, that core right, it will allow people like Burns and the other attacking players that they are going to bring in to, to do so much more. So um, yeah, cautiously optimistic about, about these, but there's, there's a lot more to come. Hmm. What can we read into these two as, as a statement of intent? We know they were after um, the lad from Luton, Sonny Bradley, and they missed out. He, he signed a new deal in the championship with Luton. Um, a few comments, and obviously Facebook is a strange place, but when we put the news of these signings online on Facebook, there are a few people saying, oh, typical town, just just League One player, average League One players, um, thought, we were, thought we were ambitious this, this window. Um, <laughs> what do you make of them as, as kind of statement of intent signings? I would say there needs to be a bit of a reality check there, despite the, the, the new ownership and uh, and all the excitement that goes around it. Ipswich Town are in League One and they need mm. to sign players to get them out of League One. And these two are good League One players. The thing that I'm enthused about is that both fans of Fleetwood and Wigan are gutted to see these players leave. Wigan offered Evans a new contract. They wanted him to stay. Fleetwood... Didn't want to see Burns go. It's been a while since Ipswich have signed players that feels like a, a loss to to the fans of the opposition club. So these are good signings. I don't know. Sometimes people want names that that sort of jump off the page and excite people, but um, they just need people that can come in that know the division that have been a success in the division. Lee Evans has has been part of a team that's won this league twice. Um, if you look at the, the rest of his career, he got helped Newport get promoted right at the start of his career as well. So he's, he's someone that's got a good proven track record. And they're both a really good age, 26. And I think Andy and I have spoken about this before. There was a real gap in the squad um, the last couple of years that you had a lot of players coming to the end of their careers and you had a lot of younger players that were still building up that level of experience. But you need that core of players in their prime that during those difficult moments can put the team on their back and and um, get through those sticky periods. And that, that's where I think Ipswich have been lacking. The players they did have in that age category were the likes of Caden Jacksons and John Nolans and others that haven't, for whatever reason, quite been able to, to do that. So um, good age, good experience. Um, for me, great signings to uh, to start things off. And as you say, it is just a start. And I'm sure lots of people listening to this will be going, yeah, we already know they signed. But when are they going to bring in someone new? Who else is on the way? I should just stress that we're recording this first thing Monday morning. The boys have just got back from a week on holiday. So they need to start hitting the phones and working the phone lines and contacts and stuff. Um, But already this morning, Hutchie, you've got right back on the, the transfer steed 
uh, with the Luke Chambers story, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, another name in terms of incomings that's been linked this morning, Jaden Stockley, um, a big striker. Is there anything to excite you about this, boys? Is this is this something that uh, gets you tingling, Hutchie? Um, they're going to sign strikers, one at least, probably two. Um, mm. I'm not convinced he's hugely high up on the list of that. He, he scored goals in the past. He's had a bit of a stop-start career of late since going to, to Preston a um, couple of couple of three years ago. I think he was at Exeter for a long time, which is where, where he scored a lot of his goals, was on loan at Charlton to end last season and, and scored a few. Um, it sounds like he's got a lot of League One suitors this summer. So, um, you know, he's at, you know, he's, he scored goals, but mm. um, I... I'm not convinced he's he's right at the top of of the list of, of players that they're trying to bring in. I'm not. He's a target man. He's probably more of a traditional target man type striker. Um, has a, had a bit of a sort of a Caden Jackson journey, really, where he scored lots of goals in in League Two, made the leap to the Championship, and it's not quite happened for him at Preston, and and now seems to have found his level in League One. Got loaned back to Charlton and scored a few goals for them at the back end of of last season. So I think he'd be a good good signing for a League One club and inevitably he's been linked to the better clubs in League One. Portsmouth, Charlton, mm. I think Ipswich and Rotherham uh, are in there as well. We've said before that sometimes when you see four or five clubs linked to a player, that's often the hallmark of uh, an agent maybe at play there just trying to get the best deal for their player. So I don't know if Paul Cook will be necessarily looking for a traditional target man type striker who's reluctant to use Ollie Hawkins much towards the back end of last season. I just don't think that that's the way he wants to wants to play necessarily. But um, I can see why he's been, Ipswich have been thrown into the mix there. But he's he was one that was punted their way in January, I think, before he went to Charlton. Um, it didn't happen then. I'd be surprised if it happens again this, this summer as well. Yeah, striker signing is when the town fans really are going to get tumescent and engorged, aren't they? A, a striker signing is always the sexiest thing that could happen in the summer. So, fingers crossed, town will get one through the door soon. Um, Hutchie, I alluded to there, you've done a, a transfer story first thing this morning. Luke Chambers, formerly of this parish, um, looks like he's going to sign for Colchester United uh, this week and, and join up with his old pal Cole Skuse. Cole United. Didn't. Um, are you a bit? I mean, obviously, we've done this story. You did this story uh, a few months ago, saying it looked like there could be a reunion um, with Freddie Sears as well, and potentially Alan Judge at, at Colu. But Luke James is clearly a guy who could still play at League One level, and there were strong Gillingham links. Are you fairly surprised that he might end up at at Colu? Um, yes and no. Um, he could have, he could have gone to Gillingham. There was a contract. There was a contract offer from Gillingham, I think, for two years as well. Um, so he could have carried on playing at League One level. I think. I think we all know he's he's capable of doing that. He's played played thirty five plus games in so many of well, all of his Ipswich seasons, um, and did so last season as well. Clearly capable of playing at League One level. But I can absolutely see why Colchester would be somewhere where you would want to go on a two year contract. Um, settled in the area couldn't couldn't be more settled in the area with four children. Um, I think that's probably what I would do as well. Go to Colchester United with people that I know because it's not just Cole Skews either and potentially Freddie Sears. There's Tommy Smith there, Dean Gherkin, um, mm. the boys, um, and not have to drive over that bridge at Dartford um, every day and come <laughs> back through the tunnel. I, I think I would do a lot to avoid that as well. Um, no, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm, I'm quite happy that it's work, worked out like this for them. I think I'll, I'll be honest, I think I'd probably... If I can pop down and watch the odd, the odd Colchester game, I'll be um, I'll be interested to see how they all they all get on down there. And I'm I'm pleased that they both got two year contracts as well because at 35 to get a two year contract is a bit of a vote of confidence from the, the club handing them out because not not many 35 year olds are necessarily getting multi year deals these days. So um, yeah, I I quite like it. I think there's two reasons why Luke Chambers would go to Gillingham over Colchester. Is one if he thought that he could end his career with a promotion or some sort of success and dare I say a bit of a fingers up to, to Ipswich for sort of letting him go when he thought he was still carry on but Gillingham realistically as much as they've been competitive and punched above their weight I can't see them being in the mix for promotion next year looking at the division and B if they were offering a substantial amount of extra money than Colchester United and I think from from what Andy's hearing it wasn't mind-blowingly extra amounts of, of money. So 
Um, people quite often underestimate how much family life and geography plays in um, the, a role in when players pick their clubs. And um, as Andy says, the, the fact it's just down the road and people he knows, um, all of that will have probably uh, come into his decision there. It's just the same as any job, isn't it? Like, yes, it's football, but it's it's like any job. I can imagine his family probably, even if Luke was was pulling for a move to Gillingham, which I'm not sure if he was or not. But if he was, your family would be in your ear, wouldn't you? It's like, Dad, why can't why can't you just work work 25 minutes down the road rather than an hour and 40 with that with that awful man from Scotland as your boss? <laughs> like, why um why? Why would it, why would you? It, it's just like it's another instance where if you think of football as being a normal job, um, mm. I think that the decision the decisions are relative, relatively, relatively simple one. It's got to be a pathway into coaching there for them as well. That's yeah, that, think. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think that's quite important as well. It's a club that it's a club that's not been scared to give people a chance and mm. people from within a chance as well. So um, Hayden Mullins is in there at the moment. Um, you never know, dear. You? you never know. I would say I would say that the chances of, of Cole Skews and Luke Chambers being a management duo is a lot higher at Colchester than it is at, at Gillingham. So yeah. yeah, you never you never know. But they'll be focused fully on playing for the time being. Yeah. Cole, you're gonna be like that that um that show they used to show over Christmas years back, you know, when they used to get the players from the old the old teams used to play on that uh, blue pitch. What was that called? Do you remember? It's like five aside with the uh, with, with that's it, the Masters, yeah. Cole, you're going to be like Ipswich Town Masters team next season. Um, be good to watch. As you say, it'd be, it'd be interesting to pop down the road and, and see those those guys playing. Now then, boys, um, other big news from last week, in a, in a week full of big news, and I, it really did sadden me that I couldn't speak to Hutchie on this day um, because this is one of his favourite days. He, he owned up fully and, and, and said that kit launch day is a day that revs his engine. Um, Ipswich Town sponsored, of course, by Ed Sheeran. So it's fair to say that there was probably more interested in this Ipswich Town kit than there has been for a long time. We are, of course... Oh, what was that? <laughs> is that? Is that an Ed Sheeran fan? It is Ed Sheeran. He's outside. What? <laughs> um, we're, of course, sponsored by Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Make your nuts look the nuts and all that. Um, boys, when you're away, just out of interest, um, do you try and switch off completely like last week obviously there was a fair bit going on um did you still stay in touch or do you wipe everything from your phone and i mean obviously you knew the kit was coming out Hutchie. did you have a, a sneaky little look or did you try and not, not uh, engage i'll tell you exactly when i saw the new kit um probably about six hours after it had been released but i i was in a cave oh, in, nice. uh, in uh <laughs> in near cheddar gorge and yeah. uh, came out of it and um, someone had messaged me a picture of it, and that's when I—that's when I saw the kit. Okay. Well, um, your thoughts, please. It's all right. Yeah. That's, um, that... <laughs> uh, it's nice. It's nice, and I think it will look. They always look better when you see a real, when you're real one. But I think I think this one is just going to be remembered as the Ed Sheeran kit, isn't it? Rather than. Rather than being anything else, I'm not. I think obviously that the kit was probably designed and all sorted before the sponsor was announced, but that the spon the sponsor makes it. I would say mm -hmm. it's not um, it's not hugely not hugely exciting in itself, but it'll be one that's really well bought and will be remembered as well because of the sponsorship what's that's on it. So um, yeah, it's going to be a really popular one. Mm. That was I have to say that was probably my reaction was kind of meh. It's like a. I mean, it's yeah, it's simple. It, you know, it's, I suppose it's classy and and clean. Um, yeah. Shui, what, what what were your thoughts on it? There's not loads of variation you can do <laughs> in a blue shirt every year, is it? Oh, this year no. we might go pinstripes. This year we might put a collar back on it. I preferred the yellow badge, but I know that's not to everybody's taste. Um, I'll be more interested by the away kit. They're the ones that obviously are sort of a different every year. This mm. new away kit, I think, is kind of, I think I said before, I don't know why, but it's, it's looking more of a July launch date unless they've got that further forwards. But this is this this away kit's been signed off by Paul Lambert, one of the last things. So I'd be interested to see uh, where they've gone with the away kit, what legacy he's, uh, final legacy he's left, left the club on that front. 
what would you like to see them do with the away kits, Stewie? We had the um, the Aqua Marine one last season, which I really liked and kind of had a tie into a message about um, saving the season stuff, which which I I enjoyed. But what would you like to see them do with the away kit? What colour would you like to see them employ? I've said this before. I like I like yellow. They're never yeah. going to do it. I know people. <laughs> that's, that's blasphemy. But you look back at the the, the days of the sort of the seventies and hips, which had yellow yellow away shirt with blue shorts. That's um that's what does it for me. It's never going to happen. I really want them to do. I really want them to do a pink one. I'd love a pink one. I think that would be absolutely classic if they did a pink one. Um, Hutchie, what, what are you saying? You're a man who thinks about these sort of things. Purple's my my vibe. As I've told Ooh. Stu Stu many many times, the purple and psychedelic green Bristol Bristol City away strips that they've had that like look like the Joker. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily need the green, but a, a nice kind of royal purple. Would be would be what I really want, but from the Ipswich Town colour palette, um, I would probably in the fairly recent past the one I've liked the most was I think it was ninety six ninety seven. They had a, a green kind of a green body with maroon like maroon sleeves. I quite mm. like I quite liked that one. So if if we're going back in on the Ipswich Town past, I'd maybe go that one. But but give me some give me some purple. That would be my. Uh, that would be my ultimate dream. Can we talk goalkeeper kits as well, please? I was going to come on to this because obviously they came out at a kind of much lower key launch um, the following day. And I I really like the black one. Um, that's a bit of me, that is. What, what are you saying about the goalkeeper kits? I really like both of them. Um, yeah. The yellow one reminds me of the goalkeeping kit that, that Richard Wright wore. Um, not in the final, not in the playoff final. He wore green in that in 2000. But, but during that season of... Sue's got a look of I'll oh, stop banging on about old about old, about old kits, Andy. Um, he's, off, going, he's off again. But, yeah, but I'm, but I'm going. I'm going. You're not going to stop me. But the, the the kind of yellow and black that Richard Wright wore during the the ninety nine two thousand season, which which I have one of uh, within view. Um, actually, um, I love that. I also love the black, and they they reversed it and did a black and yellow for one game that he wore that season, and he saved the penalty at home to Stockport wearing nice. it and, and that was nice too but yeah the black one the black one's really sharp isn't it it's um yeah i like it it's, it's nice yeah both, sell- both, they're, both of them they're selling them in short sleeve versions as well aren't they continental style continental style goalkeepers tops Does uh, anyone have- if, you're no? gonna buy, if you're gonna buy a goalkeeper kit commit to it and go go with the long sleeve version preferably like in the old days with the built-in kind of i was gonna say up. do you still get those because i know no no you don't, don't get have them. them anymore no that, that's a real that- shame yeah, that's that is that is a shame. Um, but if you're going to commit to buy a goalkeeper shirt, do it properly and buy the long sleeve. Buy the long does, sleeve one. Does anyone buy a goalkeeper shirt? Yes. Do you? No comment. <laughs> we know also, Hutchie. Obviously, you're very much a socks and shorts man. So, what did you make of the return to the, the white shorts? Are they floating your boat? <laughs> Why are you laughing at Watson? Um, <laughs> that we're talking more about, about the kit than we are Lee Evans signing. <laughs> that, no, oh, no one cares about that. Um, <laughs> uh, definitely back to the white shorts, please. I like them, and I really like the socks actually. Which look, they're just standard blue Adidas socks. Let's not pretend they're anything else. But they've got a bit of black on them. Um, yeah. I quite like that. Yeah, you'll be buying a you'll be buying a pair of size twelve. Yeah, socks. yeah, I'll get the full kit. I'll probably I'll probably stick my yellow socks. Did I tell you I bought the yellow socks from that from that yeah. um you know that third yeah. kit that I, that I loved? Yeah, yeah, I got hold of a pair of those yellow socks, so I'm is gonna that, wear them on my bike ride tonight. Is that kit just over your shoulder on your on that bed in your in your office? Is that Ipswich Town kit there? Is what is it? Um, no, that's a pile of Jessica's old clothes. Ah, okay. uh, my daughter's old clothes, including. I'm wearing a Cleveland Cavaliers T-shirt. That's her her little Cleveland Cavaliers jersey that she had when she was a one-year-old, which doesn't fit anymore. My wife was going to throw it away, but um, I've saved it. I've saved it from the uh, saved it from the recycling bags. It's absolutely. Staying. Look, Stewie. Look how animated Andy Warren is when we talk about kits. This is the most excited you ever see Hutchie. Mate, famously, never up, it. never down, flatline the whole time. And he's I moving know. around, he's smiling, he's grinning, he's talking animatedly. It's fantastic, actually. I, need, I just want to do a Kits podcast, a full... I need to find other people that, that share my passion. Yeah. Because I fear I fear that I don't know if you could handle an hour of this from me. <laughs> from me. 
I love I love passion. Passion for anything is great. Um, so yeah, fantastic. Is there anything else you want to mention about the kits before we move on, Hutchie? What I found interesting, sorry to yeah. interject, um, was the people that they got to model the kits. Bearing in mind, this is a good to, point. Yeah, had to do the pictures for this uh, days after Paul Cook had told virtually all of them hours that they can, that they can go um, this summer. I mean, kudos to Thomas Holy. We all know Tom the the big friendly giant, the BFG, Thomas Holy, he still gave it his all with the come on fist pump pictures in the in the kit. And he'd just been told that you, you're probably not going to be our number one goalkeeper next season. Um, he's still committed to that. Um, I wouldn't read anything into the fact that Downs and Dazelle and Wolfenden were, were all part of that, um, that kit launch picture as well. I, I, people sometimes search for meaning in the fact that they've been selected. Um I'd be surprised if all three of those are Ipswich Town players come to kick off, put it that way. Mm. That was actually after, was it? Because there's some suggestion that it might have been before the, the, the demolition day chat. After. No. It was the follow so, I think it I think it was the following day. Was it? They might they might even have been asked to do it that afternoon. That might have been when they were asked <laughs> to do it. It was it was yeah, it was um not the greatest of timing. Or so fair so fair play to all of them. Orcs, as the kids say, but then I suppose I mean you want your young gun players wearing the kit, don't you? Other than I mean, who else would they put in them? Maybe like James Norwood and Kane Vincent Young, perhaps. But you kind of want the young guns modelling the kit, don't you? We'll see. We'll I, see. I don't know if Kane Vincent Young would have been able to get his arm through the sleeve. He would have been no. the obvious. <laughs> one, wouldn't he? But he might have got injured. He might have got injured just putting it on. on the final game, well, it was yeah. all, they had all the NHS workers there. To, to yeah. do, the, do the pictures, they could have helped him with his sling, <laughs> couldn't they? Just... Imagine that. Came I need to do slings. <laughs> the sling covers the uh, Ed Sheeran logo, which kind yeah. of. Uh... That really, the, uh, that really would be, wouldn't it? Uh, Kane Vincent Young gets injured putting the new kit on. <laughs> Amazing. Um, right then, boys, let's move on. There was another exciting thing that happened last week. We got to speak to Ipswich Town's new CEO, Mark Ashton. Um, I went down to see him with a big porker, Mike Bacon. The full audio is available to uh, to listen to if you haven't already. It was a good half-hour chat we had with uh, with Mark after waiting for him to finish up with uh, with TV. who always get the uh, the first slice. Uh, and actually, BBC went first, and they take ages. Then ITV, and then the rest of us, the, the sorted press pack, the written press, and the radio get their get their go with him. And then he was taken off to an entirely different location to do Sky. So we know where the bread is buttered there, don't we? Probably in the boardroom somewhere with Sky. Um, but boys, I'm asking you this, assuming that you have read some of the stuff that I wrote about Mark Ashton. Um, what what did you make of? Uh, of what he said, I thought he was uh, he was very impressive. He came across very well, spoke with a lot of passion um, about the project, and he's he's got a lot of big plans. Stewie, yes, of course, so, yeah. Followed the cover coverage really closely on on Tuesday. It was a day uh, I was sad not not to be part of, but yourself and Mike um, did a really good job of covering it all all live and subsequently. And um, I think like everyone, just excited that if Ipswich have got somebody that's going to be driving things on a day-to-day basis at the club just to hear Mark talking about living locally being at the club just living breathing being all in embedded in this job is something Mm. that I think Ipswich have have lacked uh in terms of just someone of his experience driving things on a day-to-day basis Simon Clegg and Milne came from non-footballing backgrounds which brought its difficulties. Lee O'Neill then tried to kind of really spin far too many plates. Um, very good at the things that he does do with the, with the academy and driving that. Um, but to kind of suddenly ask him to take on essentially an MD role in addition to everything else he was doing, I think had its problems. So for someone, former, former championship CEO of the year, as recently as 2019, dropping down to League One and driving Ipswich on a day-to-day basis um, feels good. Mm. Yeah, he kept, he kept, there were several things he kept returning to in, in terms of themes. And one of them was tempo, setting a tempo. Um, and he kept, he kept saying, you know, um, early mornings, late nights with me, everyone knows how, how I like to work. And obviously he's got a lot of people he's brought with him, including Luke Wilhelm from Bristol City. And in terms of peek behind the curtain, it doesn't come across obviously on the audio, but when we were chatting to him, he did keep kind of looking around the stadium and just kind of 
taking it in. He was clearly incredibly impressed with Portman Road. And he talked openly about the, the history of the club kind of blowing him away when he was having a walk around Portman Road and looking at all the memorabilia. He kept, he kept saying, the managers you've had here, you know, incredible. And when we weren't recording, he was asking questions of us about the club. He, he wanted to learn um, as much as he could about about Ipswich Town and, and the history of the club. And he was saying, you know, come and have a drink with me, um, come and have a cup of tea and we'll, we'll have a chat about, about Ipswich Town. What Did anything particularly stand out for you, Hutchie? Because there was so much stuff. I mean, um, I put it all out, almost um, killed myself on the, on the Tuesday, putting every single word out. Um, on the day uh, and I subsequently have kind of obviously broken it down into, into other little stories but there was so much stuff to take away there was all the stuff about the recruitment and the data dashboards the kind of money ball style approach that he's going to bring to town he's very very seriously into recruitment uh, and how it works the funnel where you put names into a funnel um, Paul Cook gives you technical specifications clearly he said 26 years old is very important um, and then all these names that they're, they're looking at get fed into a funnel and what comes out are players they think will will be good for Ipswich Town. He's talked, obviously, about Portman Road and um, updating the pitch to a modern pitch with Deso, which is uh, fantastic, and undersoil heating and all that, um, potentially upgrading the stands, um, the fan experience as well, making sure all that's on point. Um, and clearly, obviously, he's, he's talked about many other things as well. Is there anything particularly that stood out for you, Hutchie? Um, I'm the same as Stu, really. It's ra- rather than kind of individual details, it's just the <clears> ov- the overall feeling. Look, on his first day, let's let's not beat about the bush. I'm thinking he might have been doing some work for Ipswich Town oh, yeah. over the, over the course <laughs> of the last of the last few weeks. But but on, yeah. on on your first day to have just such a handle on to know to have to have already had the chat with the groundsman about the pitch and what's there and just like to have got that deep on it so quickly. And to have a firm hand on the tiller is is just the exciting thing. I, the, in terms of smaller details, I, I think he's he's stressed on a few occasions, didn't he? That no no player comes into the football club without Paul Cook mm-hmm. giving it giving it his tick, um, which I think is important um, for any manager. Um, but yeah, just uh, just an overall vibe. It, it's, we, we've known he's going to be coming for a while, but to finally kind of have him in in place and officially working is. Um, is a good thing, and I think a lot, a lot of small things will happen quite quickly with him being yeah. there. And then obviously the lot there's longer term projects as well. Like you mentioned, the pitch can't be done until obviously you can't dig up the entire pitch now, otherwise there'll be nothing there for for the first weekend of August. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, longer term projects in motion, short term projects get done. It's um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good thing. I think the recruitment was the biggest thing that I wanted to take away from it. We can talk about upgrading the stadium and kits and all the extra bits and fluff around the edges, but just the main thing is just assemble a team that's that's good enough and that it all comes back to recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. At every football club, recruitment mm. is king. And we've talked about it being a bit scattergun in recent years that it's kind of been scrambling at the end of windows and grabbing people because they're available rather than necessarily that they're they're the right fits and it feels now that hopefully that there'll be a real sort of plan to get pieces of the jigsaw that fit into Paul Cook is came across very much in Ashton's interview that Paul Cook has a very set idea on the way he wants to play and he'll find players that fit that system and my, my one slight concern was hearing just how hands-on Mark Ashton is with recruitment as to how well him and Paul Cook would maybe work, that you'd maybe have a list of players coming from Ashton and and his people from the data dashboard and then Paul Cook coming from players that I've worked with before and players that I've sort of done by eye and and how well that those two things would mesh. But the way Mm. that sort of Mark, Mark explained that in terms of there's so much that managers have to do now in modern football with, with media and man management and so many things and academy that they need as much help as possible. And so the, the idea of that funnel, which is the perfect analogy, is that you've got people that are scouring hundreds of thousands of players, mm. taking the, uh, the main attributes that your manager wants and funneling them down to say, right, we've, we've got them down to a shortlist of 10, 20 players per position. Now, you know, this now you now over to you to them to the manager and the manager has to have the final say and so mm. to hear that was quite reassuring to me mm. oh so, someone someone <laughs> someone wants some attention 
That's what you, that, that is what you get from recording podcasts at home, I'm afraid. You, you, will, you will get a child shouting mummy or daddy in the background. Uh, also, I was very impressed um, with Mark Ashton's beard, I must say. Perfectly, perfectly trimmed and manicured. I'd imagine, boys, he's probably a, a user of Manscaped, I reckon, as well. Um, I, we'll, we'll, I, sell it. we'll sell him one if he yeah, isn't. Yeah. Um, Code KOA, Mark, get on it. Um, and the other thing I, th- I thought was really interesting, because I, I know you, when you boys did a chat with, with Mark Detmer, he he mentioned that Ashton had already sent them a, a list of ideas and improvements he wanted to make to Portman Road, which I did ask him about, fan, fan experience. Um, and we know, Hutchie, being big fans of American sport, that is probably the one area that American sport shits all over English sport, is the fan experience, the um, the kind of enjoyment you get from, from going to a game and the whole kind of carnival around it. And Ashton talked, you know, saying kind of, A, said Portman Road, although it's a great old stadium, it, it, it does need a tidy up, um, which is fair to say. You know, he said it could be could be cleaner, it could be more presentable. Um, and it's, even down to just talking about little things like the food being right and the beer being cold and that kind of stuff. That, for me, is, is a really important part of the fan experience, isn't it? Uh, and mm-hmm. he said he wants he wants people to see a difference when they when they come back. So you, I really do feel, <laughs> having spoken to him, that he's a guy... He understands what needs to be done and has a real passion for for making it happen. Um, it does. Mm. It, it it is easy, obviously, to get carried away with, with its rich town. We've been here before, false dawns and all that kind of stuff. But when you put everything that's happened in the past week or so together, you know you've had Ed Sheeran sponsoring a shirt released. You've had new signings coming in. You've had a, an experienced and successful CEO start. Um, it really does start to make you think. Like finally. It feels like the momentum is is turning, and and there's a real feel good factor around Ipswich Town, uh, and it starts to get the old uh, the old toes tingling. You start to feel, yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful thing about football, anyway, isn't it? Every year you reset. But for me, and I'm obviously very optimistic anyway, uh, and prone to hyperbole. I, I no, find last... no, <laughs> yeah. But I, I find last last week a really uplifting experience as someone who covers Ipswich Town for for a job and wants yeah, them to I, do well, even as a, a... <clears throat> a cynical old hack who's covered this club for 10 years now yeah. and has seen this succession of false dawns that even I'm feeling that now myself and it's the honeymoon period. And mm. as we know, words are easier than actions. And I think there will be a case of, you know, believe it when we see it and there will be some, some bumps in the road ahead, I'm sure. Um, but it does feel now finally that there is genuine change of foot and that the times before where we've tried to generate this feel good factor it's felt like you've kind of had to um synthetically sort of generate it from within like the, the Paul Hurst era you're trying to convince yourself that you know that this gamble is going to pay off and this feels less of a gamble because there's more of a proven track record behind the various people involved the owners have had what they've done with Phoenix Rising Mark Ashton has had what he's done with Bristol City and, and clubs beyond. Paul Cook has got mm. promotions on his CV. The two players that have come in the door are of an age and have, have got the experience that we've spoken about. So it's, you're not trying to kind of convince yourself that this could happen. There, there is there is some science and some um, some evidence behind mm. that sort of that feeling, and um, there is still that sense of let's wait till it gets going and then see, see how it goes. And and because mm. we've been through it enough now as people who love and follow this football club, I think we've had so many setbacks and so many disappointments that you, you don't want to let yourself get carried away because it's that sort of, it hurts all the more, doesn't it? Every time it comes crashing down, but it does feel different this time. It does feel mm. different. Mm, absolutely. I mean, even down to things like talking about replacing the pitch, uh, and it costing a million, a million and a half. And he kind of just went, yeah, but it needs a modern pitch. Um, and it, yeah. we haven't got a modern pitch. And if we if we play the way that Paul Cook wants to play and we get to February and the pitch is gone, it's pointless. So, you know, things like that, right down to that degree. And you, you think this is a guy who actually understands football, which maybe they haven't had before with, with Clegg and Milne and people like that. Um, yeah. And, and has, like... sorry, he also has the, has the, the ability to make these decisions as well. Yeah. 
whereas those decisions would come from ownership before. And obviously we didn't hear from Marcus. It, it was never mm. Marcus standing out there talking passionately about needing to replace a football pitch. Whereas Mark Ashton, we know, is going to be empowered by these owners to to, to make this call. We need a pitch. Mm. Okay, let's get one. Yeah. And, he can do it, and he can do it. Did you know of these Deso pitches, by the way, boys? That was a new new one on me. Deso, which is like natural Some grass combined with synthetic, yeah, synthetic yeah. fibres. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I bet that'll look good. Um, and obviously, the, in terms of the, the, the feel-good factor, the momentum continued yesterday. Town announced that they've already sold 10,000 season tickets, boys, which is tremendous. Already 1,000 up on, on last season. Obviously, COVID played a big factor in, in people maybe not renewing last season. But 10,000 already, as we sit here on Monday, June the 7th, all adds to that feeling, doesn't it, Stewie? Yeah, it does. I mean, the fact that they sold 9,000 season tickets last summer still blows my mind yeah. and still says to me that the loyalty and the passion that this fan base has, that 9,000 people still bought a season ticket in the midst of a, a global pandemic, knowing that there was every chance that they weren't going to watch a lot of football. I'm really mm. pleased that the club kind of U-turned on on the uh, the full charge of the, the £230 because you have to look after your most loyal of of fans and and uh, reward that loyalty because they are the ones that keep coming back for more. They are the ones that have been through this cycle of gradual decline over over a period of time now. So I'm I'm pleased that that's happened, and I hope now that you know if they can get to a stage where you're in ten thousand territory before the early bird deadline, I need to do a bit of digging to find out where that's sort of rates in terms of early bird sales, whether Ipswich have reached that, how long it's been since they've reached that figure this early. Because there will be more that come. There will be some that were still in two minds that there'll be more signings to, to follow that will sell more season tickets. And um, I just can't wait for that that first game that hopefully, who knows where we're at in terms of COVID restrictions. But wow, when Portman Road has got fans back in and we've got a clean slate and new players on the pitch and Paul Cook popping around like a madman on the sidelines, that's going to be hair on the back of the next stuff. I tell yeah. you, I can't I wait. Re- I really hope that they're at home. I mean, obviously the fixtures are released in, in a couple of weeks, aren't they? Uh, June 24th, date-free diary there. But if they're at home, first game of the season, the sun always shines. You've got the three lions waving the, the star-spangled banner in, in, in the crowd. You've got Ed Sheeran doing a concert. But, you know, obviously that's not going to happen, but you've got Ed Sheeran linked to the, you know, you've got Mark Ashton standing there with his perfectly manicured beard and, a, and an expensive suit. You've got no end of new players on the pitch. Uh, Paul Cook, like you say, right behind them. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing, isn't it? You're going to have mm. F-15s flying overhead from, from RAF Lake and Heath. Uh, and then, then we're all going to stand up and salute the uh, the American anthem before the game. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be amazing. I'm so looking forward to it. These are, this, this is only people who have renewed their season tickets as well, right? So at the, uh, the actual sales window for new ticket holders opens today. So mm. if you finished 11th and 9th in League One and... 10,000 people have still coming back for more. That that, mm. that says a lot about about where it's been. Obviously, it, it dropped to about 9,000 last season. The vast majority of those have renewed. And then they offered this ticket price to 2019-20 season ticket holders as well, who could come back as almost essentially renewing. And they've got a, a good couple of thousand of them as well. Um, I'm sure a few thousand more are going to... They open today, I think. You can buy a season ticket fresh kind of mm. today. I'm sure there are plenty of people who are who are bang up for a little bit of that. So yeah, like you say, the first weekend of August, hopefully they're at home mm. and um yeah, get this get get football back properly again. Yeah. That was the other thing as well I asked Ashton about kind of what is a realistic ambition for town given, you know, what the what they've had for the last few years. And he he meant, he said don't put a limit on it. Uh, but he said the fan base is big enough to succeed in any division. You know, we we could do anything here. Uh, obviously mentioned the team down the road. There's no reason why we can't better what they've done. Um, so it, it is all very exciting, boys. Um, and I'm glad you're back now to to help cover it and, and lead the way. Um, anything else you want to talk about, boys? Are you looking forward to the Euros? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the time of year where I really get to re-engage as, as a football fan. Mm. Um, love this job. Incredibly... Um, incredibly honoured to be able to sort of do the job that many people would, would love to do, but it, 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 it becomes a job. Of course it does because you, mm. you watch football in a, in a different way. Um, 
it's just nice to go back. It gives me a chance to go back and just enjoy football, especially watching the England games and just, just enjoy it as a fan and, and, and go to the pub, hopefully now with the pubs all being open and just uh, enjoy it again. So, yeah, major tournaments is when I kind of revert to my to my youth and become a football fan again. So, yeah, enjoyed it. I kind of uh, sat through the two warm-up games, which have been uh, the usual sort of non, non-events more mm-hmm. so than I think in previous years because of the players that have not been available and and whatnot, but um, can't wait for the real stuff now. I'm a classic bandwagon jumper. I do not watch England friendlies. I don't think there's anything more boring in sport than England football friendlies. Um, so I, I generally kind of start to engage when the, the real stuff kicks off. And I, I'm at the start of the, at the, at the tournament, I'm generally pretty cynical about our chances. But then with the last World Cup, as it became clear that they were going to potentially achieve something, I got more and more excited about it. Are you, how are you in terms of England football, Hutchie? Are you, are you mad keen on the Euros? I don't know why I even at, even at tournaments as an adult I just can't get in to England. I don't know why. I really don't know why. But I absolutely love the tour. I'll be watching Denmark v Finland Finland yeah. next next Saturday. <laughs> Austria North Macedonia I've got lined up for yeah. for next Sunday at five o'clock. Hungary Portugal I'll watch a bit of that. But you and I will watch it in the tournament where you, where your wife will turn to you and go. <laughs> You really have to kind of sell why you need the telly that yeah. night. And you're like, is is this a? Do you really need to watch this one? Yeah. The, the group C dead rubber between Macedonia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you start have to make picking your sort of. I'll I'll go in all guns blazing. Start watching games back to back early on. Then it gets towards yeah. the end of the group stages, and I think right, I'll maybe I'll. Uh, Maybe I'll pass the remote over just so I can make sure I can get back on it for the, uh, the knockout stages. <laughs> That's almost the best thing about these kind of things, almost more than England, isn't it? Is that you watch teams and players that you will never normally watch. I remember the last World Cup, I was sitting up at 2am watching, I think it was North Korea and Mexico or someone, you know, it's a, a game that I would never never normally be interested in. But I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm, I'm into this, I'm watching this. Um, it's fantastic. So fingers crossed, um, as you say, we get to go back to the pubs and we're apparently... The whole of June is going to be bathed in sun, boys. So we're finally going to have a summer, get the barbecues going as well. Um, anything else you want to mention, boys, before we before we sign off? It's been a 45-minute podcast. Anything you want to fill some space with, some time? Who's got no, the best I... kit of the Euros, Andy? Oh, you I, must I, need to, I need to do a deep dive into this. I will. Yeah. I'll, next time we record, I'll, I'll give you a, a podium. I'll give you a gold, silver and bronze uh, judgment on that. What's the best all-time international kit? It's Nigeria, isn't it? What the all-in-one? Yeah. Oh, that was Cameroon. Was that Cameroon? Which that, Ni- Nigeria to... have had some bangers. Oh, they've had some classic kits, mate. Absolutely. Was it Cameroon that did the the shirt shirt sleeve less the yeah. tank top style tops? Yeah, they're tank tops. They've had all-in-one shirts and shorts, which didn't yeah. catch on. Um, <laughs> I don't think you could instinctively. I, I want to go Netherlands orange and black um i'm not sure what they've come up with this time but instinctively i've I've got a feeling they might figure quite high and maybe a bit of denmark as well but i will i will come back to you yeah i look forward to that one more question for andy before we go you've called lee evans squad number yeah can i get a wes burns prediction please important so much of this hinges on guion edwards stew um (laughs) (laughs) if if guion if guion's still here who knows? But if Gwion, if Gwion Edwards goes, uh, Wes Burns will get his mucky prints all over all over number seven. Um, oh, if he doesn't, if he does, if if seven's not available to him, I think he might go mm. 15. 15. 15. Okay. There we go. I see Ed Sheeran was sporting number 17 on, on the kit that he was wearing in his TikTok video, boys, to, to launch his virtual concert from Portman Road with, with his mate Bex. What is that goal? What is that goal in the video? I know. Like a rugby goal. I've never it? seen a goal shaped like that. <laughs> it's about 10 foot tall, <laughs> but, but, but about two foot wide. Do you reckon it is a rugby goal? Like a, a, a rugby it, kicking practice? It looks that kind of thing. Um, you you wonder that the circles that Ed moves in maybe more of a rugby set perhaps I don't know um, from Framlingham of course uh, yeah the other, I just want to share before we go boys um, I learned something fascinating last week which I want to share with you and the KOA army because it blew my mind um, you know this bit of skin here on your elbow 
and I want you to do this. <laughs> I want you to do this with me. Um, not you boys, but people listening along, if you can safely. This bit of skin here, you can do it as well, boys. This bit of skin here is called the weenus, right? <laughs> and no, it's not. It is. It is called the weenus. Look it up, right? And also, you cannot hurt your weenus. You can pinch it as hard as you can. It will not hurt. It is dead. What if you get Try a knife? It. Well, I, I haven't gone that far. I mean, I'd imagine that that might sting a little. But oh, so, can... oh is, it, is this anecdotal evidence that you cannot hurt your weenus, or is this? Well, I've, I've been trying to hurt my weenus all week, <laughs> but um, I can't without without, as you say, resorting to a a weapon. You can't. It's dead. The thickest skin on your body, I reckon, the weenus. What a way to end. There we go. Edutainment. That's what we're all about. Education and entertainment. We've done both today, boys. Um, it's great to have you back. You've now got to start working the phones and getting to the rhythm of transfer stuff, which is the, the summer, uh, the key word of the summer. It's going to be a summer like no other. Um, I also have to mention, of course, our sponsor, Manscaped. Um, and we've been sent, excitingly, boys, a, a special Euros-themed read, which you may hear Stuart Watson's dulcet tones over at the start of this, if, if we've got time to record it. Um, I also have to finish by saying this. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code KOA. You like this, boys. It's time to add a few inches to Harry Kane with manscaped.com. See that? Harry Kane, Euro. See what they've done there? Fantastic. Anyway, get involved with, with Manscaped. Get involved with us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also, also want to mention... We launched a new show last week as part of the KOA channel, Tractor Girls Talk. Um, we've now got a dedicated Ipswich Town women's show um, presented by Katie Sandals and with the boy Roscoe, who apparently has to be on every single podcast that we do. Um, the Ipswich Town lit ladies got promoted last week. They're now in the third tier, so playing at the same level in terms of tiers as Ipswich Town. Very exciting indeed. So go back and listen to that. I know a lot of people have already engaged with that. And also the, big, the boy, the large poor sign, the big porker, Mike Bacon, um, had a chat with his old mate, Marcus Stewart as a special, which is also out now for you to go back and listen to. So there's plenty going on, boys. We better take our leave. You better start making some phone calls. Have a great start to the week. The sun is out. Ipswich Town are making signings. It's all very, very exciting indeed. Have a great week, and we'll speak to you later on this week, hopefully. From true crime to football, Brexit to Pokeville, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.